Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores. The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marcia Sillwright to the circle. White Cloud shoots. He scores. Doing his best. Jack Eichel finds the opening. Top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the. There it is. Chris is fired up. A lot going on in the world of sports in Las Vegas. Of course, big congratulations go out to the Las Vegas Aces winning the WNBA championship. I know, Chris Chapman, you are really excited about that. The entire Valley is really excited about that. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic stuff from the Las Vegas Aces. So congratulations to the Aces. We wanted to start the program off that way. Of course, you know what it is. It is Monday. Chapman, I know you're I know you're really quick on this one, but we're just going to we're going to take a minute here. It's your calls. It's time for you to give us a call because that is what we do every single Monday. It's all about you. Let's play it. Got something on your mind? The sum of the square roots of any two sides of an isosceles triangle is equal to the square root of the remaining side. That's a right triangle, you idiot! Want to tell us how you feel? Speaking of bad reviews, computers are mostly pointless, but that Yelp thing gave me a great idea on how to criticize people and places. Dear frozen yogurt, you are the celery of desserts, be ice cream or be nothing. Zero stars. (laughs) It's your time to talk to the insiders. That's the best production you've done on this show. No joke. 100% fantastic stuff there, Chris Chapman. I I, I appreciate that. And I can tell you, for, for those who may not know, mm. I am a massive, massive Simpsons fan. I, mm. I generally will watch like two or three episodes yep. every single night before I go to bed. Yep. And I don't know how anyone couldn't like Ron Swanson. I mean, no. Community, great show. Not mm-hmm. Community, I'm sorry. Parks and Rec. Yes. And Ron Swanson, maybe one of the greatest television characters ever created the guy is brilliant yeah big uh big ron swanson guy 702-876-1340 is the number it is your opportunity every single week here monday first segment to call up and give us anything your opinion your thoughts what you want to know if you have a question the golden knights are set to open up main training camp on wednesday they'll be on the ice thursday and then you start to get into preseason games that's right games will start for the golden knights on sunday sunday we are in preseason for the vegas golden knights so camp opens up on wednesday golden knights are on the ice on thursday and we get our first look at vegas in preseason come sunday 702-876-1340 is the number we're also going to check in with darren millard at five o'clock he's in new york Fancy schmancy Darren will get uh, get his opinion on the weekend that was in Las Vegas sports. We'll also talk to Darren a little bit about the Golden Knights rookie showcase up in San Jose. Vegas went 1-1-1. One, one, one. 
finishing up with a loss today against the Anaheim Ducks. So a lot to unpack from the weekend, but it, right now it is your call. 702-876-1340 is the number. I cannot wait. I am jacked up. I'm ready to go. So without much further ado, let's get to caller number one. Mike, you're on the air. How do I follow Homer Simpson and Nick Offerman, guys? Uh, you don't. You don't. No. That's no why, way to do it. Mike, that's why I tried to talk for about a minute and a half, two minutes, so that you had enough of, of a break between those two pillars of entertainment <laughs> to get in your question. Well, thank you. And I will. I've got to know something about your feelings on two things. Mm-hmm. Number one is the goaltending. Now, I've only talked to Logan Thompson one time, and I don't know much about him except that he's a strong-willed individual who has fought and clawed his way to the top. Mm -hmm. That much anybody knows. Now, how did he feel, do you suppose, when he was handed the starting job and then then we trade for Adam Hill? Or not Adam Hill. uh, uh, Whatever his name is. Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill. Uh, not the sports writer. I mean, what what in the world were we thinking at that moment, and how does that affect Logan? So my take on it, and and this is just kind of where I'm reading between the lines. I don't think Aiden Hill is as much a commentary on Logan Thompson as it is perhaps the the health or the timeline of Loren Brossois. Okay, sure. so I view it as as this. You've got Logan Thompson going into the biggest camp of his life with the biggest opportunity of his life in front of him, and that is to be a starting goaltender for an NHL team that is expected to and wants to compete, not just for a playoff spot, but wants to get back to being a Stanley Cup contender. That is a oh. lot of responsibility on a player that has played just 20 NHL games, but if you have a guarantee or an assurance that Loren Brossois is ready, that he's going to be healthy and, and good to go at the beginning of camp, then I don't know that you make the Aiden Hill deal. But if you see an opportunity to get a, a, a seasoned backup, a guy that has experience and is still young and has upside that you could utilize within your organization, and it kind of bridges that gap between the start of the year and when Lauren Brossois' timeline kind of works, then I think that's why you do it. So I don't view Aiden Hill and the acquisition of Aiden Hill as a commentary on Logan Thompson. I think that this is more insurance because I don't get the sense that Lauren Brossois is going to be ready to go at the beginning of the year. Okay. Uh, if Logan feels that way, then that's fantastic. Oh, no, no, no. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. This is my perception of it. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm approaching this from Logan Thompson's perspective... I don't think any obstacle in front of him matters. I really don't. Like, I think that the best way to view it, the best way to look at it is, you know what? I'm going to go in, and even though I'm the prohibitive favorite to win the job, I have to go out and earn it. Because everything that he's done in his professional career, he's had to earn in the face of adversity. This should be no different. So I think you, you surround him with guys that can push him in camp for sure. But your hope is that Logan Thompson goes out there, performs, and wins the job. Okay. Okay. Let's put that to bed. And then one other question. Mm-hmm. Name two or three rookies or youngsters uh, between you and Chris mm-hmm. that really stood out this weekend. Can you do that for me? Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I can do that. I, I, you know, I look at Lucas Cormier, and, and I think that there's, there's an aspect of his game that I absolutely love, and it is the offensive 
options that he provides higher up in the zone. And, and thank you, Mike, for the call. Um, I'll tell you this. on Today in the game, first goal of the game, Lyndon McCallum scores, but it's a play that is really set up by the intelligence, the smarts, the brains, the way that Lucas Cormier thinks the game offensively. You have a cross-ice pass, you see patience, you go back against the grain, and it opens up a ton of space for a player to just walk down the middle and score a goal. I love the offensive side of the game for Lucas Cormier. I think that, you know, you look at a guy like Mason Primo, who, who was good in literally every aspect of the game. Uh, those, are, those are the types of things that you want to see move on. I'll say this about Brendan Brisson. Brendan Brisson has a knack for scoring goals. Brendan Brisson puts the puck in the back of the net. That is a massive skill to have especially as you continue to go up the ranks. And for the Golden Knights, it could be one that comes in handy because if you're looking for goal scoring and you got a guy that puts the puck in the back of the net, the best thing for Vegas is that Brendan Brisson scored two goals in game number one, one of which being the game winner, all of it being right around the net. Those are good signs to me. Chris, do you have one to add? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw Leighton Ahak in there yeah. because he did not play today, but Leighton Ahak looks like a guy who, while I'm not going to say he's NHL ready, I think that's probably a, a, a bit maybe premature. But he's definitely a guy who who looks like he will be a very solid player for the Henderson Silver Knights this mm -hmm. year, and a guy who I think, in a pinch, could get called up and, and and play valuable minutes for the Golden Knights. I mean, I know they're very deep along that the blue line, mm -hmm. but Leighton Ahak is a guy, and he didn't play today. I think that's very important because I think it, it says that he's getting he's getting preseason. Games. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be playing. He's going to be part of 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 the process here in the preseason. So yeah. him it, him and Kane and Korzak both. That's the guy I think is NHL ready. If I'm looking at the Golden Knights up and down, top to bottom, uh, to me, Caden Korzak is ready. But thank you, Mike, for the call. 702-876-1340 is the number here if you'd like to join us. It's your segment. Let's go back out of the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Great. So, uh, of course, it was great to hear Brian calling games this weekend and, like, feel that hockey is so close. Mm -hmm. Um a treat to get to hear Brian McCormick call those games he's and enjoy best. that. He's awesome. <laughs> he is. He's great. Uh, he's, he's a wonderful treasure to have out in Henderson. Um, but one of the things that I saw come out today from a good friend of the show, Jesse Granger mm -hmm. was um, uh, Bruce Cassidy's comments about Mark Stone, that he's feeling good and the plan is for him to be on the ice mm -hmm. um, to start training camp. So that's like positive and something to look forward to. I feel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, I know that there's kind of uncertainty about what Mark Stone's going to be able to do and how limited or non-limited he's going to be in training camp. If you've got Mark Stone on the ice, regardless of how, in what capacity, but if he's on the ice at the beginning of training camp, that is a massive win for the Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, beyond being just a great player, he's the captain, and yeah. having him there and his energy there, because we know uh, expressive Mark Stone, right? <laughs> it's just it's it's a great thing to know that he is the the plan is for him to be there, you know, day one training camp and and you know get things going. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent The again, the more time Mark Stone has to get his body ready to go through the things he needs to do in training camp, the better. Um, that to me is is really important for the Golden Knights going into the season. You want your captain ready to go. You want your captain hitting the ground running, but you also have to understand 
that Mark Stone's coming off of, you know, off of a, a big surgery. And, and that's one of those things where you've got to make sure you are, are, are ramping him up in a way that's going to sustain him going into the season. So I would rather the Golden Knights be patient about what they're doing with Mark Stone, but he is going to, you, you kind of want to teeter that line where you want to be patient, you want to give him time, you want to let his body get to where it needs to be, but you also need enough reps in training camp in order to make sure your captain's ready to go. Thank you, Stephanie, for the call. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out of the phone lines, bring in Ron. Hey, Ron, how you doing? Okay, Ron is gone. Let's go to Frank. Hey, Frank, how you doing? Hey, great. Glad to be back. Hey, uh, I just have a few things I'd like to say. One being, I think I'm the only person in the world that's buying the paper these days and not on your phone. But, uh, you know, I get the Review Journal, and I don't see anything, Ben Goats, nothing, anybody saying anything about any of the rookie camp, box score, names, nothing. So I'm kind of curious why the Vegas paper doesn't even have any, anything like that uh, concerning um, the rookie camp that's going on. So that's kind of weird. Well, with, with that being said, um, I'd like to ask your opinion on five-star players. And I'll just make this real quick because I'm trying to get to a, a certain position that I really don't see anybody in, and um, maybe you can help me out with this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have your five-star right-wingers, you have your five-star uh, centers, and, of course, you have your left-wingers. I'm talking just only the forwards. Mm-hmm. Who do we have that's a five-star player in our lineup? And, and the reason I'm asking this is because, you know, I jumbled my lines. You know, I did that, too. Who would skate with who this is the beginning of the year in China? trying to figure it out. Who is our best prominent left winger? That's a five-star spot out there mm-hmm. that can really step up for us and play left wing. I would I would go with probably the best left wing on the team for the last three or four years, and that's Jonathan Marchessault, right? Like, you can make the argument it was Max Pacioretty, but Max Pacioretty was in and out of the lineup last year. Jonathan Marchessault has been as consistent as they are or as you can be with this Golden Knights team. Jonathan Marchessault is your best left winger. Okay, and, and then after him, who, who is it? I well, mean, it depends, who? right? It, it depends on what the Golden Knights end up doing and what Bruce Cassidy ends up doing. If, if you're going to move Chandler Stevenson to the wing, I think the assumption is that he's going to play left wing. So if you if you go down that road, then you've got Jonathan Marchessault, so Chandler Stevenson on your left side, and then it becomes trying to figure out what you are going to get out of your third line left winger and who that's going to be. Uh, Sakari Manninen, maybe. Brendan Brisson, maybe. But you have some options there, unproven as they may be. There are options to fill right. out your bottom six on the left side. Right, absolutely. Do you think that we would be shopping for a left winger just because of what you said, that on some unproven players and, and Jonathan Marshall so actually only being the really true left winger. I mean, I see you moving Stevens over. That's great. Stevenson's over. That's great. Mm-hmm. Maybe some other players. But do you think somewhere down the line where we're gonna, like a Hooper <laughs> I mean, I, I would have loved to went out and got him. Um, I, there's got to be someone out there that I think um, that you could just um, slip right in or, you know, with the salary cap and all that to make this team just – a little bit better with a really proven left wing. And mm. I'll hang up. I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say. And hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll happen. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Frank. I, I, you know, it's interesting. I don't know that that's the idea of, of going out and trying to acquire another player. Now it, it could change. That could be a thing that the Golden Knights go out and try to do because you're, ha- you're going to have some experimentation this year. It's just kind of the nature of, 
a brand new coach coming in and trying to reconfigure, reevaluate your lineup. And I think that's where the Golden Knights are at right now. You're in a reevaluation period. I think the hope is, like if you're Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee looking at this, the hope is one of two things happens. So Kerry Manninen comes in, he is an absolute speedster, and he fits in and he's able to provide you either second or third line left wing minutes. And, and not just minutes, but puts the puck in the back of the net. Right? Like, that's one of the things you're hoping happens. The other thing, if it's not Manninen, you're hoping that Brendan Brisson has himself a phenomenal camp. You're hoping that Brendan Brisson catches on or develops chemistry with somebody, preferably in your top six. And then if he does that and he starts to kind of prove that he's got that, that ability to score 15, maybe 20 goals at the NHL level, then all of a sudden on your left side, I think you're fine. But you have to allow young talent. You have to allow the, the, this team in general to build from within. And that to me is the big thing because, you know, you mentioned Jonathan Huberto, and I know you're throwing a name out there. There's no way the Golden Knights can take on another $10 million player. And you're not going to get, you're not going to find a left winger out there right now on the market that is unsigned that's going to be anywhere close to what you're getting at in, in, a, in a Jonathan Huberto. It's just not going to happen. Well, I, I, I also think it's important to point out that every single team heading into camp has questions. Yeah. There, there's very few teams, maybe the Colorado Avalanche, maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning, as far as contenders, where they're looking at their lineup and saying, all right, yeah, we don't have a hole here. Every single you, 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 I disagree you with look that. at Edmonton, yeah. right? They, they have question marks, maybe not at the forward position, but they have them on the blue line. Calgary, they've I, got question marks. I would argue that Colorado has question marks. Well, I, I mean, hey, I, I was they, just throwing out. No, no, no. I know, but I'm saying, like, even the contender, even the, even the, the defending very Stanley Cup teams, yes, they're, they're going to have question marks. marks. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, the, the 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 reality of the situation is the Golden Knights have a better than average blue line. You know, so so maybe they they may not have that left winger that's a quote five star, mm-hmm. quoting Frank there, but they have a lot of five star talent. On the blue line, whereas you look in the division, how many teams can say that they have a blue line as good as the Golden Knights? I don't think there's any in the division that can say that their defensive core is better than what Vegas is going to put out there night in, night out. Yeah, certainly not the Vancouver Canucks or the Edmonton Oilers. I would argue Calgary is closer, but not there. Um, The LA Kings are going to be interesting. It kind of depends on Drew Doughty. If Drew Doughty's a stud, again then yeah, maybe LA is kind of on par. Anaheim certainly isn't. San Jose, definitely not. Seattle, for sure not. Like I'm with you right there, Chapman. But you can't have a five-star player at every single position and uh, and operate in a salary cap world. And you know the the thing that you said, Chris, that I think is most interesting and, and really kind of relates to what Frank is saying, you can't just say, okay, you know what? We have a five-star center in Jack Eichel. We have a five-star left winger in Mark Stone. We have a, I would argue, two five-star defensemen in Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo. But we don't have one on left wing, so we got to go spend more money on a left winger. If you can find a bargain bin, for sure. If you can find a deal out there, if you can find a guy that that isn't making that much money, absolutely. Well, but and that's the, what they did. They went, but, they went out and they got a guy from the KHL who, sure. who scored a lot of goals yeah. in Russia. Now, granted, he, he may not gel right away we'll see but, yeah. but you know the, the the other aspect is maybe he does yeah so so the golden knights went out they left no stone unturned right so to speak in, in, in attempts to try to fill that void and and hopefully sakari Manon is that guy and, and let me be fair I, I threw chandler stevenson out there because i think that his speed works best on the wing 
And I'm I'm not willing to make Chandler Stevenson a third line center over Nick Waugh. But you can interchange Nick Waugh and Chandler Stevenson if you really want to. I I would prefer it Chandler Stevenson up in your top six on the wing and Nick Waugh given the keys to operating a third line that should be able to produce points for the Golden Knights. That to me is the way that you break it down. And and frankly, again, you know, you, you talk about teams coming into this year with question marks. The Colorado Avalanche, they've got question marks. They've got question marks in goal, and they've got question marks in terms of depth up front. Their forward core is so good that they might be able to overcome it, but they're going into this season without Nazem Kadri. Right? Like that is a thing that exists for this Colorado Avalanche and, team. And it should be pointed out that this Golden Knights team beat that Colorado Avalanche team without Nazem Kadri yeah. a couple years ago in the That's, playoffs. So, so yeah, that is a major, major loss. And, mm-hmm. and some could argue, well, Kale McCarr is just so good that it makes up for... But I I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's that's why we play 82 games. <laughs> yeah, that's why you play the, pre, the, the preseason. That's why you play the regular season. That's why you play the games when it matters most in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 702-876-1340 is the number. Again, this is your segment... Your segment. So do yourself a favor. Call in if you've got a burning question. Let's go to the phone lines. Bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, fantastic. Now that you called. Well, I've missed you. This is my first call. So I'm glad you guys had nice vacation. Well, Chris sort of had vacation. <laughs> Not much, really. Yeah. yeah. Enough. I, oh, well, that's good. But I have to say... It's been freaking long for the rest of us, okay? Yeah. We can't be doing this you no know, going to the playoffs. I can't be rooting for other damn teams because <laughs> ours isn't in there. It's, it, I just can't. We came down to, Toronto, uh, to uh, Tampa Bay and the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. What the hell am I supposed to do? They're both disgusting to me. <laughs> which? Uh, okay, it, hold on. I got to ask you, which team did you end up Sort of rooting for Tampa Bay only because the abs just piss me off. <laughs> but it was tough. I mean, it wasn't a full fledged day. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was kind of hoping if we couldn't have it, that LA would just blow them all away. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Uh, anyway, we need to we need to go deep because. Thank God we have preseason on Sunday because I can't go much, much longer. Yeah, you know what? You got you just got to hang in for like six more days, and then you'll be able to tune in here and hear me on the pregame show and the intermissions and the postgame show. You'll be able to watch the games on, uh, I believe, Channel 13, KTNV. Uh, it was just announced right. that the Golden Knights are going to be on that as well as uh, AT&T Sportsnet Rocky Mountain for one of the games. But all seven preseason games are going to be televised. All seven preseason games are also going to be right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas, so hopefully you will join us there as well. Oh, one last thing. Mm-hmm. I've taken a lot of slack online this summer, mm-hmm. but I'm sticking with it. We're going to be fine. My God, these people have got to get on the bandwagon here. Yeah, you know what, Rita, thank you for the call. Um, listen, I look at the Golden Knights as a team that, you know, frankly – has a lot of question marks about them going into into this this season. And, and I don't view that as a bad thing. 
I don't view that as a bad thing. And and maybe I'm wrong in looking at this through, you know, rose-colored glasses. Maybe I'm I'm having too much of year one nostalgia flooding through my mind. But I don't think having a chip on your shoulder or having something to prove is necessarily a bad thing, especially when you have been a contender for a while. Like, missing the playoffs for this Golden Knights team sucked. You heard it from all the players. You saw it on their faces. They did not have a good time missing out on the playoffs. But there is something to be said for having time away. Rita, you were fired up in that phone call. And you're fired up because you had to spend time away from the team that you love watching the game that you love. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. The Golden Knights should be absolutely on fire when training camp starts. I expect practices to be crisp. I expect them to be absolutely flying out there because you spend as much time away from the rink as the Golden Knights have spent over the course of this summer, and you know that you've got a a finite amount of time in the league, and you've got a finite amount of time when your window is open. And I'm sorry, I'm not willing to close the door on a window for a team that has Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, Shea Theodore, more or less in their primes. I'm not willing to do that. So you have to find the fire. And if you find it in trying to prove everyone that's telling you you're not good enough wrong, so be it. Because the best this team's ever been, the best this team has ever been, the farthest they've ever gone in this league was in a year where everyone said they were not going to be good. So I would caution the hockey world in this moment in time. And again, this is all dealing in the intangibles, right? This is all dealing in the things that you can't quantify. This has nothing to do with statistics. This is just an observation. If you bet against or doubt the Golden Knights, that's when they show you who they truly are. You know, what's kind of funny is I, I, I had the opportunity this morning to talk to Ben Hutton. And, you know, you mentioned the, 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 the star players. But Ben Hutton is a guy who one of the things we talked about was the fact that last year at this time, he was sitting on the couch. Yeah. And how different it is this year. This is a guy who I got the feeling talking to him, he doesn't take anything for granted. Mm, yeah. So he works his butt off. And, and it's so interesting to hear a guy like that because – he, he, he's a guy who, who lost it, right? Like he didn't have, he was like us. He was sitting on the couch watching games, not playing in the NHL. The difference is he did play in the NHL. So he has an appreciation of, of, of having that and then not having it. And mm-hmm. now he's got a second opportunity. So even guys like that, he, he spoke about the captain's practices and, and I found that really interesting and, and hopefully we'll have the cut a little in a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it, 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 it's really interesting, and I, I got to see Ashley Vice this morning, and even she made the comment about, "Boy, this is the longest summer you guys have had in, yeah. in in years." And I'm like, "Yeah, it sucked. It really did because you and me, not her, but you and me, as in you, my, myself, yeah. and Ryan, we we were so used to this team playing meaningful games in in late April, in early May, and yeah. all of a sudden, there's nothing. It sucked. It, we we have legitimately over the course of four five seasons." right? We have had eight to 10 week off seasons. That's, that's been it. And, and the, the thing about like an eight or 10 week off season is you don't get any time to miss the game. You wake up one day and you're on vacation. You wake up the next day, you're right back at the rink. And if that's 
that way for you and I. It's that way for the players too. And then for the players, you got to you got to squeeze in rehab. You've got to squeeze in training. You've got to squeeze in trying to get as strong or as fast or as skilled in a specific sect that you need to be in order to be a better player. There's just not enough time for that. Well, and the other the other aspect of this is, and, and someone else much smarter than me would have to go back and do the math. Mm-hmm. But when you count all the playoff games, year one, year two sucked. It was it was only seven games. Year three, the bubble. How many games they played in the bubble? They mm-hmm. went right to the Western Conference Finals. The year after that, Western Conference Finals. You probably have pretty close to a whole nother season mm-hmm. that this team has played in their short history of playoff games. I mean, it, it, it's mind-blowing to think how many games this team has played in the postseason in just five seasons. It, it, it's truly remarkable. And then all of a sudden... Last year, you don't have it. It, yeah. it, it. it completely changes everything. And I think these guys are fired up. Like I, like, I just hear it, and it sounds like they're pissed. All right. Final call of the day. Again, you guys show out, do a great job here. It's your segment, your chance to get in here and ask the insiders the question. Let's go back out to the phone lines for the last time. Papa Lou. Hello, gentlemen. Hey. Hey, uh, is the dump button broke? <laughs> no, no, I hit it. Why did it? Oh, That's boy. Chapman. Yeah. I mean, I, I jumped. Hey, don't hey, <laughs> I jumped out of my so seat. I'll, I'll kick in a hundred bucks towards the fine. Don't worry. <laughs> it was it was well worth it. <laughs> hey, um, I got to ask you guys a question, kind of hockey related, kind of not. Mm. Who has the best part time gig on the planet? The best part time gig on the planet? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I got me Darren. Oh, uh, <laughs> boom. That's a good one. Um, Darren, you know, Pablo, unfortunately, Darren is in New York for something. He told me what it was. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't listening. That tends to be <laughs> most of the conversations that he and I have. But we will get Darren on the show today at five o'clock. So, hour number two. We're going to get Darren Millard on the program, but uh, you are recalling last year, and boy, are you doing a good job keeping that bit alive. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll run that one until uh, the wheels fall off of it. But, you know, <laughs> realistically, I don't – man, I'm so not worried about this team. I, I uh, Last year was an absolute outlier, mm-hmm. an aberration. You guys are going to be fine. I think there's so much less controversy around this team and, and what they're going to do and who they're going to be than – than people make it out to be. It, it, yes, it was an outlier. Yeah. If something that's going to happen, let it go. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Lou. I, I and, and thank you for the call. I, I look at this, and you're never going to have a run where you're just automatic, right? And, you know, the injuries are not an excuse, but they are a reason. And, and that's kind of the, the thing that I talked about last year is you had opportunities, the Golden Knights did. They had chances to win games and get themselves in the playoffs. It didn't happen. But the fact of the matter is, that's going to be hockey sometimes. Sometimes over the course of an 82-game season, you are not going to have your best lineup. You are not going to have your best players available to you because of injury, whatever the case may be. And you've got to find a way to navigate it. It didn't work out for the Golden Knights last year, but I do not expect this team to, to have the same type of luck when it comes to injuries going into this season. Knock on wood, wishful thinking, Maybe, but I just think that this team is hungrier. I think they're going to be okay. And I think that there's a possibility that if everything comes together, Bruce Cassidy's system works out the way it's intended to, the Golden Knights are going to be a really, really good hockey team. 
All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Jack Eichel. Chris Chapman also mentioned he caught up with Ben Hutton today on the links. So we'll get all of that to you. Some more sound as well from Kelly McCrimmon and Bruce Cassidy. Then, of course, Darren Millard will join the show at 5 o'clock. That's all coming up next on the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. I just wanted it to breathe a little bit. It's always good when Blink-182 brings us back on the air. Preseason hockey right around the corner. The Golden Knights will open up the preseason on Sunday against the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. In Colorado, I will be on the air for pregame intermission and postgame show, as we will for every single preseason game for the Vegas Golden Knights. Practice how you play. Listen, we all need reps. It's not just the players in preseason that need the reps. Everyone needs the reps. So I cannot wait to get on the air. I cannot wait to have games to talk about, to break down line combinations, to break down all of the things that we get into, the nitty-gritty of the pre-intermission and post, but specifically the post-game show. And it's the post-game show for a very, very simple reason. I love talking to you guys. I love it. This first segment is is a testament. Thank you to everyone that called in. I love getting to do that 82 games out of the year. 82 nights, I know I am talking to you after a Golden Knights game, so you are going to want to make sure you are tuned in and joining us after every single Vegas Golden Knight game this season. Now, Chris Chapman mentioned that he had a chance to talk to Ben Hutton. He also had a chance to talk to Jack Eichel. And and this is one of the storylines I think is most interesting for the Golden Knights going into this season. And that's that Jack Eichel is is getting an opportunity to have a normal offseason. Like, listen, didn't make the playoffs. It's disappointing. But when you are a player of Jack's stature and you are essentially dealing with a season and a half of turmoil, needing surgery, wanting to stick to your guns to get the type of surgery that you want to have, rushing, not rushing, but getting back in the middle of the season when you don't have a full training camp to go through, all of those things are very difficult to go through. However, this is the first time since 2019 that Jack Eichel is going to have a normal training camp. You spoke to Chapman about what that's like. Yeah, it'd be my first normal camp since 2019, so I'm just excited, uh, you know. Uh, excited for everyone. It seems like the world's sort of back to normal for the first time since we, uh, you know, since we got the news that we were under global pandemic. So uh, fans in all the arenas, I don't want to jinx anything, but uh, yeah, last year it was, uh, I mean, we were lucky here, but I know the teams in Canada dealt with things and some some teams other places but um yeah it seems like it's the most normal it's been in a while and and for me the same so uh excited for excited for a full camp and some preseason hockey and you know just trying to hit the ground running for uh for the season i think that's probably the the goal of our group so hitting the ground running hitting your stride getting through camp getting some preseason games in those are all going to be important benchmarks for a lot of the golden knights this preseason because you again you you dealt with injuries all year long you want to make sure that you can ramp up the right way and get yourself to where you need to be for game one of the season the fact that jack is getting to go through 
a normal offseason, that he's gotten in the training that he's expected to get in, and that he's going to have time to go from ramping, 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 peaking, and then into hockey, as opposed to rehab, 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 right into hockey, right into the middle of the season. Jack Eichel is going to have the proper amount of time to get his body ready to go and hit the ground running. Now, one of the biggest things for me is going to be the relationship between Jack Eichel and Bruce Cassidy. That's going to be paramount to the Golden Knights' success because Bruce Cassidy is going to demand certain things from his players, especially his star players, and Jack Eichel is going to be to me, the most intriguing player up front for the Golden Knights. We know what Mark Stone brings to the table defensively. We know that there are aspects of, of that game, total, complete, 200-foot game, that Mark Stone has ingrained in him. No one's worried about that. But I do think that there is an element of what level can Jack Eichel get to with Bruce Cassidy pushing him. Jack Eichel did speak to the relationship between player and coach and what Bruce Cassidy brings to the table. Just through our conversations, uh, I mean, he's he's really, really bright guy when it comes to the game. I mean, his his ability to dissect other teams and um, you know make adjustments on the fly. I mean, he's uh, you know I don't I think John Cooper's the only coach that's won more games than him in the last however many years. So he's had a ton of success in Boston, and and I think uh, the guys that I know on their team uh, have all said that that he's super smart and. Uh, I think he's going to be great for us. I think he can, I mean, they they were really good the last however many years. He gets the most out of his players, and that's what you want from a coach. So uh, we're excited to have him. He's, he's going to be awesome for us, and it's going to be a great year. Gets the most out of his players. Right there. Like, full stop. That's what I need to hear. What do you think, Chapman, Bruce Cassidy is going to be able to get out of Jack Eichel this year? Well, I mean, it, it, Bruce Cassidy certainly has had some some elite players that he's coached in the past, especially with the, you know the, the some of the guys he had in Boston. But Jack Eichel is is a guy who was a, a you know a, 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 an elite player mm-hmm. in college. He was drafted extremely high. He's been an elite player in the NHL before. I think for a guy like like Jack Eichel, I mean, not not to knock the guys he had coaching him in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But Bruce Cassidy is by far and away the best coach that he's had in his time in the NHL. I shouldn't say that because Pete DeBoer is obviously a very good coach too. But I, I, I think Bruce is is on another level though because like Jack said, mm-hmm. only John Cooper's got more games won in the league than Bruce Cassidy over the last couple of years. I mean, that's a testament to the fact that Bruce Cassidy, he gets it. He he, he knows certain things. And, and what I found really intriguing about the comments that Jack made were that, as you mentioned, he knows how to get the best out of his players. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that's kind of what separates the great coaches from the good coaches from the guys who wash out pretty quickly in the business. And Bruce Cassidy's proven over the over his time in the league that that he certainly is capable of doing that. You know, it's interesting because it's it's not just about the X's and O's, right? Like to be a great coach, you've you've got to find ways to challenge your players where they give you everything they have and then a little bit more. It's and, about it's about personal connections, yeah, I think. 100%. I, I I think it's like any it's like any job. I, I, I think no matter what we do in life, you're gonna have, I think, better productivity mm-hmm. when you have bosses that you're able to communicate with effectively. 
that you're able to to enjoy having non work related conversations with, yeah. and 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 bosses who know how to how to check the boxes and get you to go. It's it's more leadership than anything, right? It's absolutely it's, it's community. It's it's the ability to to look at certain things and and understand where the shortcomings are and trying to bring those up globally. And you know, for me, Bruce Cassidy. And the impact that I think he's going to have on this team defensively, I, I look at that as, okay, I'm I'm not concerned about the Golden Knights. Like, I know we've had kind of a conversation, an open conversation since we got back on the air. I look at the Golden Knights going into this season, I see second, third place in the Pacific Division. And that's not a knock or a slight on the Vegas Golden Knights at all. They're question marks. And frankly, a lot of them have to do with where's the goaltending going to be and how is it going to hold up over 82 games. I would have less concerns, just being honest, if Robin Leonard was available and ready to go. Yeah. I, it's, it's it's really that simple. But where I think the Golden Knights can shine this year is keeping the puck out of their net, even with the question marks and goal. Because I, I look at the way Bruce Cassidy coaches his teams defensively and how little they get they give up. And maybe it's a testament to the players that he had in Boston. But I'm sorry, Brad Marchand doesn't back check yeah right like patrice bergeron's next level but brad marchand does not back check like yeah. let's all be serious here you're going to get a degree of detail defensively from bruce cassidy that you have not seen for the golden knights ever and this is a team that has won the jennings trophy and they won it on the backs of phenomenal goaltending if they win it this year or if they win it in the next four years five years whatever it is with bruce cassidy at the helm it's not going to be on the backs of phenomenal goaltending or next level vesna trophy caliber out of your seat ridiculous goaltending it's going to be because the team defensive structure is so good they're not giving anything up well i and, think and if you've got a team that is that dialed in defensively and that committed defensively and it all starts at the top with your coach you're going to be hard to beat every single night. Yeah, and I, and I I think what you're what you're getting at too is you look at the Bruins last season. They go out and they sign Linus Allmark to this this big contract. But who was the guy who ended up being their number one goalie? Jeremy Swayman. Yeah. And and I don't think anybody really anticipated Jeremy Swayman being the guy that he was last season for the Boston Bruins. So so I think there is hope that Logan Thompson could could kind of fill that role that Jeremy Swayman did last year, right? I mean, Robin Leonard clearly was supposed to be the number one guy going into the season. Yeah. But much like Omark, he's not going to be that guy. He's not available. Yeah, for for, for whatever reason, right? Yeah. Omark wasn't, didn't live up to expectations, whereas Leonard's injured. So now you look at the number two, the backup. And I, I, I know Mike asked the question about Aiden Hill, and I, and I, I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. I think it had more to do with the idea that possibly Loren Brossois would, would would miss regular season games. And at that point, you're looking at Michael Hutchinson or mm-hmm. uh, um, um, Yuri Patera as being your number two backup. I, I don't think that they were ready for Patera to fill that role, despite the fact that he, he was on the bench for a couple games last year. But I don't know if they feel that he's ready for NHL action. Mm-hmm. He's, he's definitely got to get a little more seasoned in the AHL. So it's about just, just having... Right, got the right guys in the right place, and I, I don't think Aiden Hill was brought in to be the number one. He's certainly going to fight for yeah. that role. Oh, of course, you yeah. know, and 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 how could he not? Because for him, this is an opportunity that he hasn't had in his career—an opportunity to maybe be a number one goalie on a good team. But I think the 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 larger question here for the Golden Knights is make goaltending irrelevant, and the only way you do that is if you are structured and sound defensively. And we've argued that the Golden Knights going into this season, their strongest claim to fame, what makes them better 
than other teams in their division is their defense. Their defense is good. And and I know that there's question marks about whether or not Nick Hague is going to get signed. Reports that, you know, they're still pretty far apart in terms of that next contract for Nick Hague. But the good news, if you're a Golden Knights fan, right, is that we just had three games to get our eyes on Caden Korzak. And I'm sorry, like Caden Korzak to me right now is an NHL defenseman. And he might not, he might not get a look. He might not get an opportunity. You talked about about Ben Hutton, the revelation that he was last year. Like to me, the Golden Knights are going to be fine defensively. And if they're fine defensively, if they are hitting the numbers and the metrics and the things that Bruce Cassidy wants to see out of them on the defensive side of the puck, it's not going to take four or five goals to win games. And that's that's where the Golden Knights are at. And that's why I'm not terribly concerned about the Golden Knights having a repeat of next, of last year. I think this team's going to be good on the basis of how structured and strong defensively they're going to be. And that boils down to coaching, and it's so important why Bruce Cassidy was brought in, because that's how you win games. Even if there are injuries, even if there are things that go wrong, you can win on the back of strong defense. We're going to take a break, reset the hour, then we'll talk to Darren Millard in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. We're with you for the entirety of hour number one. We'll check in with Darren Millard on the other side of the break. But Chapman, I want to talk to you right now in this moment about the Las Vegas Aces. Again, I know you you were ecstatic. You were happy about it. I'm happy about it. It's pretty awesome. Uh, phenomenal season for the Aces. And, you know, y- you look at it, you talk about some of the other championships that were won, but, like, this one feels different for Vegas. Yeah, it really does. And I, I think in large part because the games were on national television. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and like I said last week, no no, no slight to, to the Aces or to the Aviators or, you know, when they were when they won their championships of the Stars. But Las Vegas was a completely different city then. There were, there were less than 500,000 people here when the Stars won. We are now a major sports city. We, yeah. we have, you know, the the three major. We have a WNBA team, the obviously the Raiders, and, and well, I mean, we would not be doing this show if we didn't have the Golden Knights. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's just a different feel. I've been here since 1999, and I never could have imagined the, the growth that this city has had sports-wise. Because when I got here, we had, like, some minor league basketball team that nope that played it like that that go kart track <laughs> by the airport, um, and and we had the, the 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 stars and we had UNLV and mm-hmm. that was it and and so I found out that that like we did have an, an indoor soccer team who who knew that but yeah I was pretty happy for the Aces um, you know because I, I I not anymore but I, I used to cover the team really early on in their infancy and I got to to know Asia Wilson a little bit and Kelsey Plum and. I just think I think the world of Asia Wilson. Yeah. She's just yeah. she's just a, a away from the, the court. She's just a tremendous human being. I've met her parents. They're they're really really nice people. So it's someone you're genuinely happy for. And she's someone like she won an NCAA championship. She won a high school state championship, gold medal in the Olympics last year, and now she's a champion in the WNBA, which is the the pinnacle of of her sport. So. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible, and, and and you know I'm I'm so happy for them, and I know some people within the organization, so I'm happy for them as well. Sure, and yeah. and you know the, the the real question we now have to ask ourselves about this team is, how much longer is Becky Hammond going to be the coach of the Aces before she gets the call from the NBA? Hmm. Because I do think in sooner rather than later, she will make history, becoming the first 
women's woman or female coached in the NBA, and I think the San Antonio Spurs is probably the likely destination. The question is how long before Greg Popovich decides to to retire. Yeah, it's really interesting. Again, really cool for the city, really cool for the Las Vegas Aces. And, you know, frankly, when you're talking about winners, uh, everyone wants to be a winner here in Vegas. The Aces, they're going to get it done. They're, they got it done. There will be a parade. Chris Chapman did not jinx them because jinxes are not real. I don't know how much more clear I can be. They're not real. But you know what is real? Darren Millard, he's going to join us on the other side of the break from New York. It's the VGK Insider Show.